Okay, so now that we hopefully established a little bit about what memento mori is, why we might consider it, we're thinking now a little bit more about its role in our daily lives, right? So in previous lectures, we talked a little bit about how it might build confidence, how that proverb and how the article with Ryan Holiday might encourage us to see memento mori as a pathway to humility and to a more courageous life. So now we want to actually get into a practice itself, right? So this is coming from a handbook for new Stoics, How to Thrive in a World Out of Your Control, 52 Week-by-Week -week Lessons by Massimo Pagliucci and Gregory Lopez. I'm a huge fan of this book. I think a lot of these exercises are great. And of course, there's one, this is week 16, called Contemplate Death and How to Live. And we really want to focus on that second part in addition to the first, right? So Memento Mori, as I hope I've been conveying, is also, you know, it really more than implies, it really at its heart means remember to live well. And what Piliucci and Lopez offer in this section is basically a reminder, right? A reminder that we all know at some level that we're going to die. And they ask, how deep does that knowledge go? Which I think for me also means what does that knowledge actually mean for us? And what can it do for us in regards to living a virtuous, full life? Because what... Pellucci and Lopez offer here is basically like, look, we could take every precaution against death. We could take every precaution to lead the healthiest lives possible. And yet we still don't have complete control over something like our health. We still don't have complete control over something, obviously, like a natural disaster or an accident. So we have to deal with this thing that's out of our control. That is also an inevitability. It's going to happen, right? So what they say is the following, a long, prosperous life is a preferred indifferent, according to the Stoics. They were more focused on quality of life over quantity. And as we've been saying, right, memento mori is that reminder that the quantity of life or the length of life is out of our control and, of course, that life is going to end. Right, so when we have this in our minds and we meditate on this, what it hopefully does is it's going to give us a greater quality of thought and it's going to help us develop our character in the right direction, as we saw a little bit, hopefully, in the last lecture about Ryan Holiday and a little bit about Aristotle on courage as well, right? Memento Mori, once again, is a prompt. It's a piece of encouragement. It is a necessary thing to consider such that we take advantage of the day, such that we act now virtuously, because as we have here, what matters for the Stoics is our character and also when we talk about quality of thought, we also might consider that to be quality of life, right? As Marcus Aurelius was saying, not verbatim here, but ultimately he's trying to convey to himself that, you know, as you think, so you will be. The quality of your thoughts greatly impact the quality of your life. And we can even say your way of being, right? Your emotional state as well. So in this exercise, of course, Pellucci and Lopez are saying that we're going to ingrain the concept that we are immortal ever more deeply into our psyches. And they have great quotes in this book, well, throughout the book, from a few Stoics, right? Some direct quotes. We have a great idea from Seneca here in his letters to Lucilius. No one can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it. And I'm going to pause there, right? We could think about this in terms of life in general, and I think that's true. We also could think about this in regards to the experiences and events of life. You're really not going to enjoy the movie if you're constantly fearful that it's going to end. You're not going to enjoy your relationships, romantic, 
friendships, family relationships, if you're constantly worried that they're going to end, which is, in my opinion, another way of saying you just want you want them to be as long as possible and you're overly concerned about that. You take yourself out of the moment and you almost immediately begin to introduce anxiety and a lack of peace into your life. So and instead, we make peace with the idea that everything ends by confronting it, by contemplating it, right? We can acknowledge and learn to make peace with the impermanence of things, which is another exercise we're going to talk about from this book after this brief lecture. We can make peace with it, and we will lead more peaceful lives. So then Seneca continues to writing, or writing to Lysilius, saying, Rehearse this thought every day, that you may be able to depart from life contentedly. For many people clutch and cling to life, even as those who are carried down a rushing stream clutch and cling to briars and sharp rocks. So I think, again, we have a lot to unpack here. This idea of clutching, clinging, grabbing, for me, speaks to how desire can be really destructive in our lives. For me, this speaks to maybe, let's say, the human capacity to hold on to things that we should be letting go. Right? And for me, that's sort of what Memento Mori helps me do on a personal philosophical note. The acknowledgement of my own mortality, the contemplation of or on about whatever my own death helps me let go of things that aren't helpful, that aren't truthful, that aren't just. Right? Because that is the connection between acknowledging that in this limited life, we cannot hold on to everything so tightly. We run out of energy. And we can acknowledge because we say we're running out of time that things are not worth our time. Then we start using our time more effectively. Right? So we know for the Stoics, and I think Lopez and Pelucci do a great job here, right? That we sometimes, this is a quote from them, put too much value on the wrong things, externals, while at the same time not valuing enough what we should, our character and integrity. So Memento Mori recalibrates that. Hopefully for the reason I just mentioned a moment ago, right? It's a reevaluation of how we're spending our time because we come to the understanding on a more frequent and perhaps even on a more intense basis that we're running out of it, okay? We want to focus on what we do with the time we actually have. And again, that really also grounds us in the present moment, which leads nicely into our next discussion of the hourglass, right? And Pagliucci and Lopez say the following as well. You should worry about whether you are living a good life in the stoic sense, something you can control, again, your virtue, your character, your internal world, and not about how long your life will be, something you can't control. In a universe governed by a web of cause and effect, there is no such thing as early or late. Everything happens when it happens as a result of things that happened before. So we do not have knowledge of much of the universal web of causation, so we cannot tell what will happen and when. It makes sense, then, not to lose our tranquility of mind over what we don't know and to focus our energy instead on the here and now, where we can act in order to make this a better world. One way to remind us of that is, as, so, as uh, Seneca and the Stoics suggest, is to think about death every day, not to be morbid, but to internalize the idea that death is a natural and inevitable process. What counts is what we do before that moment arrives. Right, So we have to really think about the implications of memento mori. And I think those last few lines are really indicative of that. It's a reminder 
to internalize, right? To make, I think as Epictetus would say, to kind of engrave these ideas into our souls such that we don't value the wrong things. Whereas if we think we have an infinite amount of time, or as Marcus Aurelius might say, if we think we have 10,000 years, we begin to spend our time, our attention, and in so doing, our love on things that are not worthy of us and are certainly not worthy of our best pursuits at being philosophers. Okay, and for Seneca, this is a beautiful quote again, we die every day, meaning that we inch in that direction from the moment we are born. Death, then, truly is the ultimate test of our character. And I believe I've already mentioned this example I use for myself of leaving a class, right? If this was the last class I could ever teach, how would I feel? That is a really great test of a character, right? And I think we, we might refer to an example from relationships, right? People who refuse to go uh, to leave each other's side or to go to sleep angry, right? They refuse to do that. I think that's a part of this as well, right? To, to come up against the finality of things or the potential of things being over calls into question and calls into, let's say, greater attention their importance. So why not remind ourselves of this in order to treat life more carefully, to take this moment a little bit more seriously? And by seriously, I don't mean like, um, let's say, I don't mean that in like a be serious kind of way. There can be playfulness here too. I mean giving it its fullest attention possible. Really embodying and living authentically and truly in this moment, given our acknowledgement on a frequent basis of the fact that we're running out of moments. As Seneca says, we are in this process. What I would like to present now is the next part of this exercise. So what's great about this book, among other things, of course, is that Pagliucci and Lopez give you a great philosophy, kind of why, what is this practice, right? Then they give you exactly what to do, and they provide prompts, they even provide space in this book to write, which is great. Then they elaborate, once again, more specifically on why do the specific exercise that sort of embodies the general philosophy, right? So I'm going to do some reading here. I think they do a really nice job here. So what to do? This week, you'll take Seneca's advice literally by rehearsing Stoic thinking around death every day. We suggest that you do this through free-form writing. Love the suggestion. I hopefully have suggested this already enough, but self-writing is a great tool to practice philosophy. As Michel Foucault said, right, it is a weapon in spiritual combat. So keep that in mind. And they say, to start off, think about when you'll have time to do this week's exercise and write it in the space below. That's key. Plan of action will help us execute. Think about when you might want to do this. I would also add maybe thinking about how. Is there a specific notebook you want to use, pens you want to use? Do you want to include some music? Even where? Is there a location that might be really well suited for this type of exercise? So things to think about. Starting tomorrow, you're right about the topic of death from a stoic perspective. Each day, reread Seneca's advice, which we've rewritten below in a modern form. No one can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it or believes that a long life is a great blessing. Rehearse this thought every day that you may be able to depart from life contentedly. And once again, to depart from life contentedly, I think once, once we acknowledge what Seneca is saying here, we might say that this truly memento mori, right? That's what I mean by this. Aims us at leading a good life. Helps us aim at that thing. Right? To depart from life contentedly for the Stoics, I think, means ultimately be a good person. That is what should make you content. 
Then, write for however long you'd like. Use the notebook pages in the back if you need more space. Below are some statements and questions that can serve as prompts. Feel free to try a new one each day and use only the one that resonates with you most. Or ignore the prompts entirely. So consider these. I think these are really interesting questions. Why do you not have complete control over the length of your life? How does the knowledge that you don't have complete control over how long you live affect how you should live your life now? Why does Seneca claim that thinking too much about longevity leads to an unpeaceful life? How is not fearing death related to the four cardinal virtues of Stoicism? We've talked about these, but I do really like how they define them here. So first, practical wisdom the ability to differentiate between what's truly good and bad. Next, justice, the capacity to treat people fairly and kindly. Thirdly, courage, proficiency in acting well despite fear or aversion to externals. Temperance, skill in reducing desire for external things that aren't in your complete control. How does a fear of death and a strong desire for longevity cause you to act unvirtuously in your life? How does it affect your peace of mind? What would be some benefits of not fearing death and not obsessing over longevity? How might you live your life differently? And of course, as I said, we have the why. This is, I think, especially powerful. Many of the Stoics, especially Seneca, believe that fear of death is the root of many of our other fears. Most of the absolute worst-case scenarios we envision ultimately end there, from losing a job, since it could lead to poverty, in turn leading to death, to illness, for more obvious reasons. When Seneca's friend Lucilius was suffering from a disease, Seneca wrote him a letter calling the lack of fear of death a cure for all ills. My counsel to you is this, and it is a cure not merely of the disease of yours, but of your whole life. Despise death. There is no sorrow in the world when we have escaped from the fear of death. Further to achieving peace of mind, Seneca claims that a benefit of this thinking is a clear path for virtue. For the mind will never rise to virtue if it believes that death is an evil, but it will so rise if it holds that death is a matter of indifference. The goal of this week's exercise is to see if Seneca's claims hold true for you. A week likely won't be enough to completely eliminate your fear of death and desire for longevity, but you will be able to put Seneca's claims to the test. So I do suggest sitting and writing about these prompts, seeing how it feels, and of course I also suggest picking up the book a handbook for new Stoics. Perhaps that could be your book that you work with for your final exercise.